Hello, this is Mrs. Paranormal. It's a Monday afternoon, 1.40 Wisconsin time. And yes, that's the correct time. I made sure I turned my clock the correct direction in the U.S. of A. that we do. I don't know if they do that overseas. I don't remember. Anyways, hope everybody's doing well. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, listening to my podcast. The majority of my listeners are female. By like 45% are female, I believe it is. And I'm heard from United States to Australia to United Kingdom. So thank you very much, you guys. I appreciate that. Hope you had a great work week. Starting week number two for you guys to be working. Well, not week two, but you know what I'm saying. It's the second week of the November, right? Yeah. Anyways, I'm on vacation, which is really cool. More of a staycation. It's usually more fun that way for me. Less stress, less anxiety and things like that. Plus, I don't always have the funds built up to go on a vacation. It was a whole travel thing. I don't even know what's going on anymore, so I don't really care. So I have this in the background. Because I am doing this podcast from home today, because I just haven't had a chance to get out and do it. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in the next few days, because my husband is off as well. So we may be doing stuff I don't know. So, as you know, um, me and Amanda had done a public investigation over this past weekend at the Broomder Mansion in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're more than welcome to take a look at it online. Uh, the team that was doing it was called PIM, Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee, I think is what it stands for. And there was, it's a and b and a lot of rooms and jacuzzi whirlpools and all. It's really nice. But when you have like 21 people, 21 people in the main lobby, it makes the house feel really small and snug. We didn't get a chance to really walk around or anything. I know that the one year Amanda and I did go get there, we went to the earlier one and we were able to walk around and stuff, which was really cool. So anyways, it broke us up into two teams of 10. I brought my K2 and my recorder. So we went upstairs to one of the rooms and they have like trigger objects out and about and they've got a Faraday cage. They have the recorders encased by some wire or fence, fencing kind of material. It's two... Basically, a Faraday cage, what it does is it, when people are doing EVPs, there's been a lot of, like, naysayers saying, oh, that's not really an EVP. So what you do is you put your recorder in, surrounded by, uh, like, a, a wire, not chicken wire, but that kind of material, and you encase it in there. That way, it's blocking out all AM and FM frequencies, and you're, if you get EVPs, it's 100% a direct EVP. No frequencies involved. That's their theory on it, which is cool. So anyways, they had a Faraday cage recorder, as I call it, sitting on a desk, and they had some other triggered objects. Had a couple of interesting people in the investigation. You know, me and Amanda were pretty quiet. But like I said, I brought my K2, and I went in this one room, and I said, do you mind if I use my K2? And the guy's like, yeah, as long as it doesn't, you know, shine too bright or something, The one of the investigators. And he also said that K2s are okay, but they have a lot of, they don't have any way of shielding all EMF, which he doesn't know that I know what I'm doing with the K2 because he doesn't know I'm an investigator. And I didn't want to say that to him because sometimes people sound kind of like, well, well, I'm an investigator, so I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So I just sort of played along with, along with him. I go, okay, fine, whatever. And then I used his uh, EMF detector. It's got the, uh, oh, I forgot what it's called. It's got the little, it's an EMF detector, but it's not like the K2, but it's the same thing as the K2. It's just an upgrade from it. I don't, it's a meter, and I can't remember the name of the meter. 
it's not the manual meter. This one was electric. But anyways, you know, same thing. If, if there's uh, EMF, there's numbers on electric, um, electronic. So, you know, spikes, you know, this and the other. So he showed me that. And so I put the K2 away. I'm like, fine. I don't want to. <sighs> anyways, so we did the investigation. We didn't hear much. There's one guy in our group that I think he thought that he was medium or psychic or something because he was very, very, I don't want to say know it all, but he was very um, forward and kind of aggressive when he walks into him and goes, okay, spirits, I'm here. Come into me. Show me yourself. And that's actually how he talked. I'm not, I'm not marking that up at all. He, he actually talked that way. And then it was really weird. He goes, there's nothing here. And then he'd walk away. He was a he was a, a unique man. Let's just say that, say that just because of the way he came across as like I'm a medium or a psychic, and the spirits are supposed to attract to him, or he's I don't know, you guys, really freaking weird. Me and Amanda had absolutely no feeling in that at place at all. We had no vibes, nothing. Um, one girl said she thought she smelled perfume, so I took my mask down, and I'm I'm sitting by a bathroom with the door open, so I'm thinking, well, maybe they had some some type of air freshener in there she was smelling. We did hear some noises on this stage because down in the basement of the Brunder, there's a theater group comes in. They do theater and the sat and the and they put on shows. It's a very tiny stage. Anyways, we all heard noises. That was okay. Um, I had my, not my recorder going, but on my phone, I have a really nice um, EVP, not EVP, I apologize. It's a recording app I've had for years and it's really, really good. So I may listen back to that and see if I hear anything. Just for my, I'm not going to tell them if I do or not because they're, I'm not saying that they're really easy to debunk, but they're not really like, yeah, that was a ghost. They're very, they've been around for a long, long time. Um, I'd say early 1990s. So they've been around for a very long time. So they dismiss things quickly. Let's just say that. Nice people, you know, really nice people. I'm glad they put it on. But will we go back next year? I, as of right now, I'm probably going to say no, because, I don't know, it just, there was nothing there, you know, nothing felt creepy or eerie or, or anything. So that's why I didn't do a podcast there, so that's what, that's what I was leading up to you guys. I did not do a podcast from there, because her and I, there was nothing to report, there was no stories to tell. And I didn't really snap any pictures on my Instagram, or for Facebook, or any of that, because there, again, there's nothing to really share, otherwise I would have. So, that was that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if we'll do it next year. Maybe we'll go somewhere else. I still want to go to Waverly and Penn State is on my list for next year. So, I don't know, you guys. I don't know if I should do a Patreon thing or, you know, I've got my t-shirts going. I don't know how I should do that. But anyways, those, and the, the ghost investigations for those two locations are not expensive at all so it's really cool so that's what I want to do next year after winter of course and right now you can't go to Waverly in winter really because there's no windows <laughs> you know, and I showed my husband uh, they were doing an investigation ghost hunters on TV is doing um, oh they did they did Penn State in Minnesota or Missouri Missouri State Penn yeah that's the one and I said isn't that cool looking he seemed kind of interested meh I don't think he'll go, though. Probably just, like, me and Amanda. And then there's another place here in uh, Wisconsin. You could check it. It is it is available now to investigate. 
It's Jericho, Wisconsin investigation. I don't know. <laughs> ah, helpful, aren't I? <laughs> so, yeah. I always have a list going. I'm slowly getting there. It's just the same stuff. Money, 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 money. Travel, travel. I'm not one to fly. I'm afraid to fly. If I don't have to do it, I won't. I'd rather drive. I'll be like destination fear. I'll get in a freaking RV with my cat and my husband. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. So, that was this weekend, you guys. Uh, the house has been pretty quiet. Nothing going on as of late. I don't have any. Uh, Craig did ask me back t- uh, this past weekend to, to the asylum, but I obviously I couldn't. It was one last minute, and two, I, I couldn't. I wasn't going to be in town. But um, again, I don't think I'm going to go back to the asylum just because of the way I feel the next day. Yes, the invest the experiences are awesome, but to be there from 6 p.m. till 2 a.m. is a long night. Yeah, you sit down, but it's just it's it sounds lame, but it's it's draining. You know, it drains a lot of energy out of you, which is supposed to because you're telling the spirits to use my energy. I did do, when they were doing EVPs at the Broomder, um, they said, anybody got questions? So I asked a couple questions. I asked the spirits some things. Um, I don't know if they got a response. I suppose I can listen back on my recorder, right? What else is going on? That's about it. I put my uh, t-shirt link inside the my um sorry guys my last podcast that i had it's uh some shirts i've got going i'm still working on youtube i still got nothing i got no ideas on that anyways if you guys want you can email me at p-a-t-t-y-i-n-w-i gmail.com you could facebook wisconsin investigators of the supernatural we're at 299 followers i haven't checked this if we hit 300 or not you can im me there if you want to i'm not on tiktok I mean, I'm on TikTok, but I never use it. Uh, YouTube, same name, Wisconsin Vesquez, The Supernatural. I'm on Instagram, but that's more like, I really don't share that out because it's just, I don't post much on there. So anyways, you guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I really appreciate it. And that's it. Psych. No, it's not it. I've got some ghost stories I found. Let's see how we go. All right, let's see what we got here. Sorry if you guys hear noise in the background. I cannot stop it. Um, come on. All right, so these are places I'm sure you've heard of before. But uh, some of these I have not heard of before. Lemke, I call it Lemke, but it's Lemp Mansion I've heard of before. Visalia Axe Murder House in Visalia, Iowa. You know how many teams have been there and there's always activity there. That's where that big, um, I say um too much. That's where that big murder happened. Here's one, Jean Harlow. She was the actress. I remember hearing about that one. I try to find things I'm not familiar with. Here's one I don't know if it's called Sky, Sky, where'd I get Sky? S.K. Pierce House. It's beautiful. Looks like it's a Victorian home. Like three stories tall, it looks like, with its attic. God, it's so gorgeous. So this one starts off as, Massachusetts has no short of haunted mansions. It seems, let me back up, back up your truck, beep, 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 beep. Massachusetts has no short of haunted mansions, it seems. Well, they put the commas weird, so that's why I sort of rolled it all as one. And the S.K. Pierce Victorian is one of the state's eeriest. The original occupant 
Sylvester Pierce had had, oh my God, had just started making his fortune in furniture business when he built this home for himself, his son and his wife. And his wife's name is Susan. As a man about town, he hosted many notable people in the 7,000 square foot home throughout the years, including President Calvin Coolidge, Betty Davis, and Norman Rockwell. Wow, Norman Rockwell, man, I love him. Now, only a week after moving into the home, Susan fell ill and passed away from mysterious bacterial disease. Ooh, that's not good, right? A year later, he remarried Ellen, a woman 30 years his junior. I think that means he's, she's three years younger than him when they say it that way. And had two more children. Years later, when both Sylvester and Ellen had passed away, his sons embarked on a fiery feud about the property as well as a furniture company. But the Great Depression swept in and made their choice easier since the company basically went bankrupt. Now, the young son, Edward, was given control of the home when he turned it into a boarding house. That's not good when you hear stuff like that. It became a hot spot for illicit activities, including murders and sudden tragic deaths of several occupants. According to local lore, that is, anyways. Now, as a result of these violent ends, guests have reported every kind of haunting imaginable. From visitors of apparitions to flying objects, disembodied sounds, pressure drops, and more. Wow, a short little sweet story. All right, then. There's another one. Mud House Mansion. I don't know this one. Located in Fairfield, Fairfield County, Ohio, until recently, the Mud House Mansion had been a... Had, had, the Mud House Mansion has a bad reputation. Nobody can seem to agree on when it was built, but it dates back to sometime between the 1840s and 1900s. Unlike the other abandoned, mansion, other abandoned mansions, you sadly can no longer visit it, as the home was demolished in 2015 after not being occupied since the 1930s. Oh, can you imagine how bad it must have been? The latest residence, at least legally speaking, was Lulu Hartman Mast. And the current owner of the property has her relative Jane Mast. I don't know. Because there's so little information about who lived there and when, and when it became abandoned, this place tends to ignite the dark side of the imagination. There are tons of legends around the alleged atrocities occurring. The sources don't seem to be very credible, though. Okay, that was like totally lame. Why did they even freaking list that? <clears throat> Four five five eight Sackett Street. You never hear as much about a haunted apartments as haunted houses, which is true, right? You don't, other than my one friend who lives in um. He communicates with me via Facebook, and uh, he's the one who has a good uh, stories about hauntings in his complex. Right. So, anyways, on to that. Considering apartments have much more turnover and therefore a higher likelihood of something or someone's evil hanging. Sorry, evil having <laughs> lived there before you moved in. A lot of energy. Speaking of that, when we were at the hotel, I brought, you know, obviously I had all my equipment. The K2, you guys, I don't know what the deal was. But when I had the K2 um, on the, for some reason, the K2 on the bed was going off the freaking chart. I mean, I would turn the K2 upside down. It was, that whole room was so high in EMF. I don't know why, I, I'm surprised I didn't have any bad dreams. I mean, EMF was everywhere. 
And then we went to the Broomdor Mansion. Nothing. So why would a mattress have EMF? What the hell? There's nothing under it. There's a mattress in the box spring. And it just, and I put the, the K2 on, um, on like a, a stool. It was leather with a wood base. Fucker was spiking red. My phone wasn't around and I tested the outlets and I tested one of the lights, which kind of red high. But that whole apartment, you guys, I would just stand there and just move around. It was insane. And I, from what I know, it's a very new hotel. So I don't know what that means, but I thought it was very strange. Anyways, back to the story. There was definitely a case with the 455A Sackett Street in Brooklyn. One woman who grew up there writes about her first-hand experiences, including unexplained fires, seriously bad energy, family tragedies, personal sufferings, and here's the kicker. The body of a child discovered in the wall after several suspicious sightings of a similar-looking shadow child in the mirror. See, now those are good. Those are good stories. Oh, you can read her full story here, as well as commentators who also live there and corroborate these claims. Come on, man, these are so freaking short. I thought these were longer. Hotel Monte Vista in Flagstaff, Arizona. The Hotel Monte Vista has numerous paranormal guests that they can't get rid of. Well, why would you want to get rid of them, right? The hotel, which opened in as a community hotel in 1927, named after the townspeople who helped raise the funds for its construction, had a history of underground opium dens, speakeasies, and gambling. Today, the hotel is known for the paranormal activity that haunts some of the rooms and halls. Guests who have stayed in room 220 have experienced the TV changing, TV changing channels on its, own, on its own accord. And some had said they felt cold hands touching them in their sleep. You're sleeping. How do you know? You're sleeping. How do you know you got someone touching you? Anyways, <laughs> there's also reportedly a phantom bellboy who knocks on doors and announces room service. But when the guests open the door, there's no one there. One of the more popular and possibly most disturbing encounters is that the sound of an infant crying in the basement. The, whole web, the hotel website reads, staff have found themselves running upstairs to escape the sounds of the cries. Though the sounds are very real to those who hear them, there has been no information that has explained the phenomenon. Huh. Well, Cecil Hotel. Now, I don't even have to read this because if you guys... Follow anything, you know the Cecil Hotel with the girl, the, the, blah, blah, the female in the elevator, you know, and she disappeared and all that. She thought she was seeing someone, then she didn't disappear. She's actually in the water tower in the Cecil Hotel where she died, and people were drinking the water, and they thought it tasted strange, and yeah. So, it's actually kind of funny this is on this list because I recently watched an episode of the Ghost Adventures when they did the Cecil Hotel special. It was so funny because Zach actually did, he played the elevator game. You know, where you have to hit seven and then you go to four and then you go to three and then you go to blah, 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 blah. And it's supposed to open up a uh, parallel dimension. But Zach actually played that game. I thought that was kind of funny he did that. I was laughing. And what was really interesting, when they're in the elevator, they had a um, infinity mirror, also known as a Frank's box, right? You put four mirrors together you glue them together or whatever, and you put them in a box. It's called a Frank's box. And that supposedly will open up a portal of a sort to bring in energy, bring in spirits and things like that. 
So my husband was very impressed. I knew what a, 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 a Frank's box was. I'm like, yeah. Put four mirrors together and you sit there and you, you're be there, you know, la la. So, anyways, so that's a sea salt. And then there's other things they're saying. Uh, let's see. First record of death by suicide. Oh, yeah, that's right. They had a lot of suicides in that hotel. Okay, I don't usually promote the Ghost Adventures just because I just don't. But if you see this episode, watch it, okay? It's very interesting what they did there. Anyways, uh, so the hotel had a suicide in 1931. There was other deaths in 1932, 34, 37, 38, 39, and 1940. At some points in the 30s, one man was pinned to the exterior wall by... by what? At some point in the 30s, one man was pinned to the exterior wall by a truck. A woman murdered her newborn in the building. That, I heard the story on Ghost Adventures, and it was really sad. I do not know about that. In 1944, um, a woman jumped from the ninth floor, landed on a pedestrian, killing them both. Uh, it was no worth noting that two of the women who died by suicide apparently jumped while their husbands were sleeping in the room. Eey. 1964, Tenant Goldie Osgood was brutally murdered, a crime which has remained unsolved. In the 1980s, infamous Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, stayed, in that, stayed at that hotel in the 1990s. Also, Australian serial killer Jack Unterwegen lived there. Uh, he came, there's a little blip on the Ghost Adventures about him, too. Other weird things kept happening, but the weirdest is definitely the disappearance of the death of the 21-year-old traveler, traveler, Elsa Lamb. Elisa, E-L-I-S-A, Lamb. Um, this is where she went missing. Her body was discovered in the rooftop water tank after visitors and tenants complained of a funky taste. They later found odd footage of her in the elevator from the night disappearance. But you guys, she was on a lot of medication. She's bipolar. She was on a ton of medication. So what they showed on the video, it almost looks like she's hiding from someone or talking to someone, but you don't know if she, it could have been the medication reaction. As soon as they showed the medical report and all the stuff that she, all the pills that she was taking, I don't know, it's hard to dismiss and go, yeah, she's actually running from someone or, I mean, they could have been a hallucinogen, who knows, but nobody knows how she got up in the tower. No one knows how she got into the, the, the water, basically. They, they don't know how she did it. Um, but anyways, so, and the only way you can get to the roof is that you need a key. So yeah, that, that's an ongoing, interesting one. Very interesting story. And they showed the Cecil Hotel, you know, on the, on the episode. And I was so shocked to see all the homeless people downtown. All you see are just freaking um, tarps. And they're tents. That's all homeless people. I was shocked. I'm like, what the heck? So, you see the episode? Oh, well, I'd say watch it. Here's another one. Lu Lui Family Mansion in Taiwan. Built in 1929, a Baroque style, B-A-R-O-Q-U-E style. Oh, goodness gracious. These words, I can't pronounce these words. The Minjiang Ghost House is a place with a heartbreaking history. Located in Taiwanese countryside, it's been abandoned since, 19, abandoned since the 1950s with the family, when the family fled abruptly. Like all mysterious places, there's plenty of lore around the family and why they left such a beautiful place. 
Local legend says the maid was having an affair with her employer. And when the secret came out, she she jumped down the well to her death. But since she did not live to tell the tale, who says another family didn't push her? Then she came back to haunt the family until they finally left. A few years later, it was occupied members of the um, KMT, thing of China, sorry guys, many of whom were also thought to have died of suicide, which exaggerates its reputation as a haunted. People who visit report plenty of ghost sightings. Oh, goodness. These stories are not as as, uh, happy, as exciting as I thought they'd be. Villa di Vici in Italy. Say that five times fast. Villa di Vici is foreboding. Such a heavy word. I think Zach even uses that word, foreboding. Um, so it's very foreboding. Pretty sad. All right. Anyways. So it says, just consider that looming fog of blanket located near Lake Como, Italy. The House of the Witches, I guess is what it stands for. Villa di Vici stands for House of the Witches. Dates back from 1854 to 1857. And when it was built as a summer house for Count Felix de Vici. Huh. So I guess Villa de Vici doesn't stand for, stand for House of Witches. That's his name. <laughs> the family was only able to spend a few years there as their lives were, mir- were mirrored in tragedy right after it was built. First, their architecture died. Archi- architect died after... <laughs> Died a year after construction. Then, in 1862, Count Di Vici came home to discover his wife murdered and his daughter missing. When he could not find out her after a year of searching, he died by suicide. What the hell? His brother then moved into the home, and his family continued to live there until World War II. It has been vacant since 1996, since 1960s. An avalanche in 2002 wiped out all the houses in the area except this one. Hmm. I wonder if it's still abandoned. Huh. I don't know. Let's see. Where am I? Where am I? So, there's more stories I can read, but these are just not as... Not what I thought they were going to be. They're okay. I mean, there's uh, Tonopah in Nevada. Excuse me. Tran- the Tran- T-A-L, Transalunia Lunatic in West Virginia. Merchant House Museum in New York. I don't know that one. Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco. I've heard of it. Lizzie Borden House. 50 wax with her axe. You know, that whole saying, right? And that's it for that. But, so... Sorry I stumbled on that one. I haven't stumbled that bad in a long time, I don't think. It's coming up to the half hour point. So thank you everyone for taking these 27 minutes out of your day, evening, morning, whatever. (laughs) I appreciate it. Anyways, you guys, yeah, uh, you can email me at p-a-t-t-y-i-n-w-i gmail.com. You can find me at Wisconsin Investigators of the Supernatural. Uh, I am me there if you'd like to. Other than that, I may do another podcast. Who knows? I'm not really going to pay attention to how many plays it gets or how many listens it gets. I'm just going to do it. If I get a good story, I'll do it. So, anyways, you guys. Oh, yeah, and guess what? Guess what? Thursday's my birthday. So, you guys all take care. 
thank you so much again. I highly appreciate you guys so much. You have no idea how much I appreciate you guys. So anyways, you guys take care. And this is Mrs. Paranormal signing off.